RadioInfluence.com. You are in the trenches with former Buccaneers offensive lineman Ian Beckles on Radio Influence. Hello, everybody. This is Ian Beckles, and welcome back to In the Trenches. Hopefully, everybody's getting over your Super Bowl hangover. Uh, I am, for the most part. It was it lasted two or three days from Sunday. Um, everybody was celebrating boat parties. Listen, we saw what happened with the lightning boat party, and you know my 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 co-host Jay Retcher. He says there's no way they can get as drunk as they did at this at the lightning boat party. Well. I disagree. Uh, them cats was lit. All of them. Potty mouth to the hilt. Their <laughs> microphones in their face. Children around. F-bombs. S-bombs. The whole nine yards. It was entertaining. You saw it. I don't know if I've seen anything go as viral as Tom Brady throwing that uh, Lombardi trophy. When you talk about everybody retweeting that thing, I mean Everybody saw it. That was national. It was interesting. Uh, unfortunately, the daughter of the person who created the Lombardi Trophy uh, wanted an apology from Tom Brady because she says it was treated so poorly that she hasn't been able to sleep. I wouldn't hold your breath on that uh, anytime soon. And get over yourself, okay? It's a trophy. Now, that being said, that was some asinine shit, okay? Let's be real, all right? That's the Lombardi Trophy. You what was? You can't do that with the Stanley Cup. You can't be throwing the Stanley Cup around. That was a Lombardi Trophy that hammered Tom Brady through to hammered Cameron Brate. And it, first of all, it's not an orb, all right? It's an oblong thing with sharp edges that weighs seven pounds. He could have very easily cut somebody's hand. He could have cut an. He could have cut somebody's face. He could have took an eye out. Now, is that being extreme? Yes. Is it possible? Yep. It could have bounced off somebody and went down to the bottom of the river. Well, you know how deep the river is, by the way, seventy-five feet by the convention center. You ain't getting that. You just can't dive down seventy-five feet and go retrieve something in in a river where there's thousands of boats and the current must be amazing. They would have had a hard time retrieving that damn trophy. They'd have got it. But that would have been a story, yo. That was a crazy parade. <laughs> that was crazy. Tom was hammered. I didn't think, I saw Gronk at the end and had like eyes like a Sharpay. Like he had a long, long day. I'm like, Gronk's the most hammered. And then they happened to show Tom. And I don't think Tom is uh, a veteran to drinking. It just didn't look that way. I could be wrong. It could be an everyday drinker. I don't know, but it, it didn't appear that way. If you're in New England, you're sipping on a little hotty toddy here and there, and it's minus five degrees, you have a parka on and a hat and, you know, mucklucks and all that stuff. Uh, it's a little different than when you're in a boat, 85 degrees, sweating and inhaling, you know, uh, hard seltzers, which looks like he was probably doing. So that was interesting. If, if anything, that is for sure. Now, not a football season is done. Uh, we got to kind of move on. If anybody ever wants to email me, it's uh, ianbeckles at radioinfluence.com. Here's just a pizza lover. Eric hits me up in every interview I've seen uh, since the Super Bowl. Anytime the Bucks player has been on an interview, it seems the, co- the host asks the player more questions about Tom Brady than the player himself. Will players eventually get tired of getting asked 
uh, Brady questions and uh, come to resent him. Uh, could this uh, cause animosity over time? I swear I saw Rojo roll his eyes when he kept getting Brady questions, so it made me curious. Uh, pizza lover, I can't answer that. I'm going to say this. If you're a player other than Tom Brady, you know what would be a bad idea? To speak out against Tom Brady. So, you might see some eye rolls. Some guys would like to answer questions about themselves, but nothing will be said. And as long as they, they keep on winning, they don't care. They don't really give a crap. You know, this is Tom Brady's world. He's a, he's, he is, with, if you had to say what's the main reason the Buccaneers won the Super Bowl, I would say Tom Brady is the majority. And it's not even all play. It's obviously a lot to do with what he did off the field as well. The way he changed that locker room. The locker room changed. There's no doubt about that. You know, Jameis did something to the locker room, and it was good enough to be 7-9. and nine, And Tom did something to the locker room, was good enough to win a Super Bowl. And it's something that may be able to keep giving as we keep on going throughout these years, whether Tom's there or not. Because all those players that hoisted the Lombardi Trophy now have a, a Super Bowl pedigree and now are going to be, they're going to be sexy on the market. Now, if you bring in Levante David and you sign him as a free agent, he's Super Bowl champion Levante David. If you bring in Chris Godwin, it's Super Bowl champion Chris Godwin. But we have a whole locker room full of champions now. That's never going to change. There was a few things happened during that game. Um, the Antoine Winfield deuce was gorgeous. And, you know, I'm not really a big smack talk, trash talk type guy, okay? It doesn't bother me. I'm, I'm not against it. In that situation, it was 100% warranted. If you're a shit trash talker, you know, like Hill is, like Tyreek Hill is, Tyreek Hill didn't complain about it. If you were doing backflips, you know, weeks ago when you were burning people for 200-something yards and then somebody puts it on you all game, you deserve to catch a deuce in the face. The NFL had the audacity to fine Antoine Winfield $7,800 for the peace sign. Get the fuck out of here. Are you shitting me? In that case, did you ever hear, did you hear anybody speak out against that? I didn't hear any Kansas City Chiefs pissed. They caught, they caught an ass whooping. Antoine Winfield Jr. deserved to put the deuce in his face. And the NFL had the audacity to fine him $7,800 when you didn't find Tyreek Hill for doing a backflip after throwing a deuce in somebody's face. I don't get it. I, I don't think I get it whatsoever. Who was behind that? Seriously. I just, that's the one thing I just didn't get whatsoever. Now, this Buccaneer team, it's almost turning into the New England Patriots to where, you know, when people were, you know, cut, released, or didn't have a place to go, you know, they kind of wanted to plop in New England because they had a good chance of winning a Super Bowl. Now you got, you know, J.J. Watt, who just got re released by the Texans. J.J. Watt calling the Buccaneers, talk about he would like to come play here. I love me some J.J. Watt as a football player. I don't know how much you want to give up, but J.J. Watt can still play. You don't, you don't have to break the bank for him. Maybe he takes a little discount here. We, we're in Florida. We got no sales tax, no state tax, and all that kind of stuff. So maybe he takes a discount. But for me, I would rather see them re-sign Dominican Sue, who had a big part of changing this whole thing around. He deserves it. Is J.J. Watt better than Dominican Sue? Mm. In certain ways, I think he's a better pass rusher, but as an all-around player that suits this system, because this system changed under Bruce Arians and Todd Bowles. It changed. 
if you think about the Buccaneers inside, the Buccaneers have always been a fast, twitch-moving defensive front, but they got bullied a lot. You remember even during the Super Bowl years where the defense were at her best, if you were able to run the football by the fourth quarter, you would wear down this Buccaneers defense. you keep on running, and those are the games I used to lose. Nobody's done that to us in a long time, and that's because of Dominican Sue, and that's because of Vita Vea on the inside. So the Buccaneers have some decisions to make. Shaq Barrett, he came out and said, it's time for me to get paid. Shaq Barrett, you know, left Denver, you know, didn't get a whole lot of money here, got tagged last year, made a good chunk of change, had an okay regular season, and had a kick-ass postseason to where somebody's going to want that in their locker room. And I think Shaq Barrett's that defensive player that can fit about any system. So he's going to want to get paid, or we're going to have to franchise him again. That there's really no ifs, ands, and buts. Chris Godwin, um, the Buccaneers have come out, and Bruce Arians said during the press, not the press conference, the uh, parade, that he's not going any damn where, which I'm not sure is not tampering, but, you know, that's all good. But Chris Godwin, uh, if they don't franchise tag him, is going to be looking for a long-term deal. Uh, it's easy to say that, it's easy to say that somebody wants to stay. Most players would like to stay in a perfect world. But you know what makes a world unperfect? Millions of dollars, okay? I know a lot of people are like, well, if he only gets a couple million more somewhere else, then he'll stay. You don't know that. You know what else is very important as you're a free agent? To feel wanted and to feel appreciated. And, you know, Chris Godwin to this point, and from what I've heard from the organization and the coaches and the players, is loved here. As a person, as a player, um, I would say one of the top two, three, number two receivers in the league. I'm not even sure he is a number two. I'm not sure he's not a one. A time he is a one. But he deserves a long-term deal. He deserves that. You don't, your marketability doesn't always happen this way. It's not always up. His marketability is very high. Time for him to make some money. So that's where we are with that. Chris Godwin, either you ta- franchise tag him or you got to give him a long-term deal or he's going to jet. He's going to be out of here. Sue has to be re-signed. Antonio Brown has to be re-signed. And Antonio, he's a wild card. If you don't re-sign him, eh, eh, we'll live. But it should, we look good with him. Gronk, I think him and Brady are joined at the hip, personally. I couldn't imagine Gronk going somewhere else. I think he'd be miserable. He couldn't, he couldn't hug Tom. They have to hug every day. They have a weird relationship. It works. It sure works, but it's, it's different. But I don't see Gronk. I didn't see him coming out of retirement for anybody else asking him. And now that, you know, Bruce Arians gets him, um, I don't see Gronk going anywhere. I, I see him playing one more year, as he said he would, but I don't see it being anywhere else. And then Levante David would be the one guy I don't know. You know, Levante David, um, when you cut at the end of it, I would love to see Levante David end his career here in Tampa. I would love to see that and do the Derek Brooks thing, you know, not too many players get to play here for that long and represent an organization. And if Levante sticks around and plays a few more years here, he's going to go down in the lore of some of the best Buccaneers ever. So don't lose Levante David. I would love to keep Levante David, but it's, just a, it's you know, it's a money thing, okay? It has to fit. It has to make sense. And if somebody out there just thinks Levante David is going to be the one missing piece of their defense and they throw a bunch of money at him, then you got to make a decision. And that's why free agency is so damn tough because you got to make decisions. In a perfect world, 
the Bucks would like to retain every last one of them. All the names that I brought up, they'd like to retain every one of them. That was a Super Bowl team. You know, those players are going to go out and get paid elsewhere because they're good football players. So, but that's just not going to happen. I, I think we're 20-something million dollars under the cap. There's some wiggle room that we can mess around with, with Brady's contract, maybe Mike Evans' contract. I think he said he would loosen it up a little bit, which doesn't mean, doesn't mean you're going to take a pay cut. You're just taking money up front. But we're in a good situation. You know, you looked at some teams. Some teams are, you know, got $90 million to mess around with the cap, and some people are minus $50 million. Y'all are in trouble. The Bucks are somewhat fair to Midland, and that's not a bad situation when you're coming off a Super Bowl. And then, you know, Tristan Wirfs, who, believe it or not, hasn't been talked about enough. As an offensive tackle who, who had a, almost 800 pass sets this year against the best pass rushers in the world, and they give up one sack, and I want to believe it's the Khalil Mack, he should be talked about more than he is. Tristan Wirfs was one of the best offensive linemen in the world this year as a rookie, okay? That just doesn't happen very often. It, it doesn't. I didn't think Tristan Wirfs can play 50% as well as he played. I really didn't. In your rookie year, you know, some people question his foot speed. He's a big monster of a man. I see that. But people question his foot speed. And if he lacks foot speed, then his girth makes up for it because you can't get through the cat. He's strong enough to where if you do get his edge, he puts that meat hook on you and just washes you right by the quarterback. And Tom Brady had a clean existence, especially later in the season. There's only a couple of games against the Saints early where I thought Tom Brady was under duress. The rest of the games, Tom Brady is pretty darn clean. And I said this before the Super Bowl game, losing out on three offensive linemen is hard to deal with. And we saw what being under duress would do to anybody, including Patrick Mahomes, in the Super Bowl. So to keep Tom Brady clean next year is going to be even more important than it was this year. We have free agency around the corner. The draft's around the corner. I do not believe they're doing the combine this year. There's not going to be that many, you know, personal workouts. So it's going to be a weird offseason as far as our free agency goes. But I want to make sure to keep you guys posted as uh, things transpire. And if you're looking for football, they got the new Johnny Manziel uh, league where they uh, they did the coin toss, rock, paper, scissors. And uh, Johnny Manziel passed for 11 yards. So. That's something you can watch if you're uh, aching for sports. Because yesterday I was watching like Spike Ball and uh, what else I watched? Cornhole, uh, which was the first Sunday after real football. So I didn't know what to do with myself. Then I tried to watch NASCAR, and that just ain't going to happen for me. If anybody wants to uh, email me, it's ianbeckles at radioinfluence.com. Make sure you listen to the other podcasts as well. And Beckles and Retro 95.3 WDAE 327. But I appreciate you guys listening in. Uh, listen, it's, it's a fun thing to do. As a podcast when your team ends up winning the Super Bowl. Uh, but now it's off season and uh, a lot of decisions have to be made because we want to do it again. How about that? Everybody have a wonderful week and please stay safe. Peace out. You have been in the trenches with Ian Beckles on Radio Influence. This is a Landry Football Quick Fix on Radio Influence. One of the things we talked about in the preview of the game was what the Bucs needed to do to win this. A, Brady was going to have to be the best quarterback on the field that day. 
Well, Brady performed the best. I'm not saying he was the most physically gifted, and certainly the offensive protection, the offensive line of the Bucks allowed Brady to be great, whereas the Chiefs' offensive line struggled, and Mahomes wasn't his great self. And perhaps this is a lesson to everyone that regardless how great you are, if you don't have the help, if you don't have the play around you, it's going to affect you. It's going to affect your greatness and how you're able to perform. And I think that the Bucks did a tremendous job of a couple of things. One, their base pressure was outstanding defensively. They did a good job with four-man pressures and some five-man pressures, but then mixing in some blitz pressure with some second-level pressure, some corner cat blitzes that really were – a little bit tough for them to figure out and combining with that, putting Devin white in a looper spiral where he was constantly looping to be able to loop and follow the quarterback, be in a position to say athletically, it's you and me, my friend, and I'm going with you and I'll peel off only when the ball's coming out, but I'm going to make sure that I don't let you run wild and get a lot of free yards because if you cover well, and you don't have a guy on the quarterback that's so athletic that can run, and even though he had the bad toe, he's still capable of making plays with his feet. If you don't account for him, you're in trouble. They accounted for him, accounted for him very well, and did a very good job. The Landry Football Podcast with veteran scout and coach Chris Landry can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.